A very good morning to all of you. I hope you are blessed this morning. And if you have not been, I can, be sh I can assure you that you will be blessed today. Amen. We come into the presence of God because every time we do come, every time we stand before him, we are receiving something greater from the very throne of God. And today, it is my prayer that we may be able to capture that which God uh, is going to speak to us, that which God is going to reveal to us. As you are aware, we have been studying the way that God reveals the nature of the Holy Spirit. And we have looked at all kinds of different symbols. Today, we are looking at a number. We're looking at the number seven. Uh, in the Word of God, the number seven is a very important number. And uh, today we are also seeing that number being applied to the seven spirits of God. Now, uh, we'll come uh, into more details, so don't get uh, alarmed. Maybe there are many different spirits. Uh, we, we must understand that God is... Uh, having secrets that we do not fully understand. We are human beings and we are limited in what we can capture and what we can understand. And that's why it is so important that we get into the Word of God, that we study every detail of it, and that we get a greater understanding about the nature of God the Father, of God the Son, and of course, of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we are going to do today. Now, I want to start reading a scripture from the book of Revelation, chapter 1 and verse 4. Revelation 1 and 4, the Bible reads, John to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of uh, the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and who has freed us from our sins by his blood, and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and power forever and ever. Let us pray. Lord our God, we want to thank you so much that you have given us your word once again. And Lord, thank you that through this word, you illuminate your nature, your plan, and our purpose in this world. Thank you, Lord, that we can be able to be before you and receive everything that you have said so that we get light on our path, so that we fully understand the purpose for our being here on earth. Lord Jesus, this is my prayer, that we may be able to catch that which you are going to say today. And Lord, I thank you for everybody who is joining in to listen to this word, whether we are here in this room or whether people are joining us on social media or on TV. I want to pray for each and every one of those who are listening, let this word find room in every heart and bless it in an amazing and abundant way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today we are 
looking at another revelation, you know, how God reveals the nature of the Holy Spirit through his word. And uh, what I've just been reading is an extremely important passage of scripture. Now, there are things in the heavenly realms that we can't understand because, you know, we are having a mind that is limited. We are human beings, and as human beings, we cannot fully understand the uh, dimension, the limitless dimension that are in God. We are three-dimensional. As I've said many times before, you know, we can only understand what we can be able to measure, you know, the width, the length, the height. But in God's economy, there are not three dimensions. There are many more dimensions, and we don't really fully understand how many. Uh, but today, I want to give you uh, seven dimensions. And uh, these seven dimensions that God gives to us uh, does not mean that one is in contrast or in, in competition with the other one, but there is total unison between the different dimensions that are in, in God. And uh, when God speaks to John, you know, John was uh, uh, the disciple of Jesus when he was very young, and uh, towards the end of his life, around the year 90, after, after Christ, you know, he was an old, old man by that time, he was uh, sent on an island called Patmos. He was limited, he was uh, put into imprisonment. And that's where he was. And one of the days, as, as he uh, is describing, you know, he was, it was the Lord's Day. All of a sudden, there was something amazing happening uh, on, uh, in, in his life. Uh, let me just read these few verses in the book of Revelation, chapter 1 and verse 1. The Bible says here, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. Okay, when we are studying the book of Revelation, God gives us an insight of what must soon take place. Okay, so it's a very important book. Of course, if you have read it, sometimes you may come to your limitations and say, I don't get it. I don't understand what this is all about. But uh, that's why we are here to study it, you know, and uh, we, we may just uh, study a few aspects today, but it's very important. So God gives us a revelation so that we understand what must soon take place. He made known by sending his angels to his servant John, who testifies to everything he saw, that is, the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of these prophecies, and blessed are those who hear, hear it and take to heart what is written in it because the time is near. Then in verse 4, that's when now the action begins to happen. John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia. Okay, this is God speaking. Okay, grace and peace to you from him who is, who was, and is to come. And from the seven spirits before his throne and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. Now, that's an introduction that God gives to us, okay? And when God gives an introduction, we must understand 
that uh, God is not just talking about uh, things, you know, that are irrelevant, but they are very relevant. And what we must understand is that God gives an insight about the Father, God the Father, who is, who was, and is to come. Okay? So in other words, God gives us dimensions so that we understand that God is not just like an idol that is being made at one time, and maybe at one time it can fall down and can be destroyed. But God is, he was, and he will be forever and ever. You know, when Moses stood before God and he had uh, that uh, amazing revelation of the nature of, 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 of God, because a bush was burning and was not, it was not consumed, and he was, he was wondering what is going on, and so he went and checked it out, and then he heard God speak to him. And uh, God gave him a, a commission. He told him, go to the people of Israel, tell them this and this and this, and, and he was confused. He said, what am I going to tell them? Who, who should I say has sent me? And God said, I am who I am. Okay? So in other words, I'm the ever-existing one. I was, I am today, and I will be. And again here, we see exactly the same thing. God introduces himself as the one who is, as the one who was, and as the one who is to come. And I think it's important for us to understand that God is not somebody who is just pitching up at one time and then disappearing again. No, God has always been, he will always be. Then he introduces us to a different dimension of the spirit. And of course, there are some people who are arguing that the seven spirits cannot be the Holy Spirit uh, because, uh, you know, they feel that this is difficult uh, to put into our mind. But when God introduces himself as father, as spirit, and as son, that means it is the Holy Spirit, okay? And, and clearly, and he has done that in different, in different books, you know, where, where we read, like in the book of First Peter, we have got a similar introduction. And, and we must understand that God is the one who introduces himself, the Father, the Son, and then he says, and from the seven spirits before his thrones, before his throne. Okay, these are not different spirits, but this is the one Holy Spirit, and I will give you some insight how we can understand uh, these, this, this kind of uh, terminology better, okay? And then it says, and from Jesus Christ, who is faithful witness, okay? Number one, he's a faithful witness. Number four, he's the firstborn from the dead. Number three, he's the ruler of the kings of the earth. Okay, very interesting. So God gives uh, us insight in the nature of the Father, who was, who is, and who will come about the Holy Spirit, and that is now the sevenfold uh, Spirit of God. And then again, the nature of Jesus Christ as the one who is a faithful witness. And when it says he was a witness, he was not just looking at some, as was something, and when something happened, but he was actually the one to whom it happened. You know, he was the one who was nailed to the cross. He was the one who died. He was the witness, and witness in the, 
in the Greek terminology, that, that word which is used here is actually meant to be matura. You know? So in other words, he was the one who was nailed to the cross on our behalf. And then he is the king of all kings. That's amazing. So again, God gives us three dimensions about the father, about the son, and then he gives us the sevenfold spirit that we want to better understand today. And of course, when, when God introduces himself, he doesn't start with explaining who he is, but he says, first of all, grace and peace to you from him who is, who was, and will be. And praise God, you know, God always comes with grace into our life. Grace and peace is being extended to us. So in other words, when God comes and, he, you know, something happens to us that we can not fully understand, you know, like John was so overwhelmed that at one time he fell down because he couldn't, he couldn't really catch what was going on. The, the, the presence of God was so overwhelming. But when God comes, he comes with grace. Amen? He doesn't come to finish us, but he comes to give us grace. He comes to give us peace. And you know, when Jesus Christ came, he came to make peace with all of us here on earth. He brought us back into relationship with our Father in heaven, and God is declaring grace and peace upon all of us even today. Praise God. So whatever you have experienced during the week, Whatever you have experienced, uh, you know, yesterday or today, uh, maybe you have been unsettled in one way or the other, but I want to tell you, God extends to you grace and peace. And I tell you, when you have received grace and truth, and when you continue to receive grace and truth, it settles everything else. No matter how you may be squeezed, no matter how many battles you may face, but when grace and peace comes, you can find rest in the presence of God Almighty. So God introduces himself in a very elaborate way to give us a better understanding of who he is. And then, of course, he tells us that, you know, that he is the one who has brought us everything that we require in this world. And you know, we don't just need to understand what God has already done, but, you know, as the Bible tells us, he wants us to know. He wants us to understand. He wants us to uh, catch what he is going to do soon uh, in our midst. Now, let me take uh, you into the Old Testament, into the book of Exodus, we, we want to understand what does God really mean. We are talking about the nature of the Holy Spirit. God is revealing to us the nature of the Holy Spirit. So what is he saying to us? In the book of Exodus, Moses is being instructed by the Lord, and he says, make a lampstand of pure gold, and hammer it out, base and shaft, its flower-like cups, buds, and blossoms shall be of one piece with it. Six branches are to extend from the sides of the lampstand, three on one side and three on the other. Okay, I think you all understand 
the nature of the, of the lampstand. Okay? Just bring me the lampstand. Okay? Don't, don't worry about the candles. Okay. Okay, you know, this is, this is the lampstand. Okay? Have you seen? Now, when you see this, when you see this one, what do you see? Can, can, you, can you count? Seven, huh? Okay, these are seven. When you see this, what do you see? One. Okay, understand? Seven, but one. Okay, so we must understand when God gives us uh, this uh, revelation, we should not be confused. Okay, now maybe you can put the candles. And you can even make them light. Okay, so this is, this is what we call a menorah. And this is the, the very instrument that God has told uh, Moses to build. Of course, not in a small way like this one. Most probably it was far bigger, probably even as tall as I am. Uh, so it was, it was a lampstand uh, that was made uh, to bring light into the, into the tabernacle. And uh, even if you see these candles here, the original lampstand didn't have candles. It had, uh, you know, flower-shaped containers where oil was, was kept. And uh, oil was always feeding to the flame so that when, the, when the, 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 the candles were burning, of course, there was a continuous flow of the oil. And of course, we talked a lot already about the oil some time ago. So today we want to talk about the menorah, the lampstand, for us to better understand the nature of our God. Now, Moses said, make a lampstand of pure gold. Okay, then make six branches. You have seen in the middle there is a shaft, there is a straight shaft. And then on either side, three branches are coming out. And uh, the three branches each have got a certain deeper meaning. Okay? Now God gives us this as a picture of the nature of the Spirit of God. Okay, let me take you to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 11 verse 1. Here we read, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom, of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of power and the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips, and he will stay, and he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt, and faithfulness the sash around his waist. Now, let me go back to verse 2. The Bible says, the spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. Okay? Isaiah prophesies the coming of the Messiah. And we know the Messiah as Jesus Christ, our Savior and as our Lord. 
Okay? And Isaiah prophesies that the Spirit of the Lord will be upon him. In fact, there are many different other scriptures that uh, Isaiah is prophesying about. But here he says, the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. Okay? And uh, the Spirit of the Lord is like the middle shaft. You know, you can see that the, the um, menorah has got one, one stem in the middle. The middle shaft, that is what is called the Spirit of the Lord. And then from the middle shaft, we see extensions. There will be the spirit of wisdom, understanding, and counsel, okay, which are coming on to be on one side, okay? And then there will be on the other side, the spirit of power, the spirit of knowledge, and of the fear of the Lord. So it is a sevenfold picture now, that does not mean that there are seven different personalities. As I've shown you, if I cover the top, you only see one, okay? You see one stamp. If I cover the bottom, you see seven. But seven are in one. So there are different illuminations that God gives us in order to show us the nature of the Holy Spirit. And you know, the Holy Spirit is, 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 is uh, one, you know, uh, as the Bible tells us, there is one God, one Father, one Spirit. And yet they are, they are uh, uh, having dim different dimensions in them, as we can see uh, in every person, personality of, of God. So the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of power or strength, and the spirit of the fear of God, is not in contradiction with each other, but it just shows us a different way of shining, okay? Now, unfortunately, my candles, they all shine in the same way. Uh, but when you think about the nature of the Holy Spirit, you can see that every light has got a different illumination, a different shining, okay? You know, uh, maybe I can explain not that, that this is what, what it really is, but you know, if I would be able to uh, color each one of these uh, uh, candles in a different color so that they shine one in, 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 in bluish, the other one in yellowish, the other one in reddish, the other one in, in greenish, you know, and, and so on, then there would be different types of light. All of them are light, but all of them are uh, you know, shining force in a different way. And that's exactly what it is. So you must understand that the nature of the Holy Spirit is a spirit that has got so many different ways of illumination, shining in so many different ways and serving the body of Christ, serving the church, churching you and me in so many different ways. The Bible tells us in the book of Revelation, chapter, chapter 3, verse 1. Let me just read from chapter 3, verse 1. To the angel of the church in Sardis writes, These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. Okay, this is Jesus speaking to a church by the name of Sardis. You know, in the, in the middle... Uh, east or, uh, you know, the, this, uh, here it's often called the province of Asia, 
This is not what we know today as Asia, but it's a, it was a province of Asia uh, at that particular time in the Roman Empire. And in the province of Asia, there were all these different churches. You know, there were the churches, the seven churches that we read here about. Uh, in Revelation chapter 1, verse 10, it talks about Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. But then there were other churches as well, which of course were still part of this. But God is always showing us something on the number of seven. Seven is like the fullness of everything. You know, each one church has got its own way of shining. Okay? I'm sure you see this even in our world today. You know, not every church is the same. If you, if you have gone to uh, other congregations, they may not be the same like, like our, our household here, okay? They have got different ways of shining. And so God has got different ways of uh, bringing forth his light. And the Bible tells us here, as he was, as, as, as Jesus is speaking to the church of Sardis, uh, these are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. After all, this is exactly what Isaiah had prophes prophesied, that the spirit of the Lord, the sevenfold spirit of the Lord would, would be upon the Messiah, would be upon our Savior, Jesus Christ. And here again, Jesus is speaking about that very fact that he, uh, you know, comes as the one who is... Uh, filled with the Spirit, you know, and he holds the seven stars, you know, the seven stars uh, referring to the seven churches. And he says, I know your deeds, you have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up, strengthen what remains, and this is, a, and, and is about to die, for I have not found your deeds complete in the sight of God. So in other words, God comes to visit his church, and he comes through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He comes through the different kind of illumination, the different kind of shining. Uh, I don't want to use the word shades because shades means, uh, you know, uh, something has got a little of darkness and, and really in God there is no darkness. Okay, there's only light. So that's why I'm using the word shining. You know, every light in God shines in a certain way, in a different way. And God says... You know, that he is the one who holds the seven spirits and the seven stars. And he is interested that every church that is uh, failing in one way or the other, and you know, if you read the book of Revelation in the first uh, few chapters, you find out that God speaks to each church and, and analyzes, you know, just like a doctor, where things have gone wrong and what needs to be corrected. And that's what the Spirit of God is doing. That's why it is so important that we understand the nature of the Holy Spirit in our life, personally, but also, of course, much more so in the life of the church. So now, the menorah, okay, this lampstand, because in the Hebrew, it was called the menorah. This was the name of that lampstand. That menorah was to be made specifically for the purpose for which God told Moses to make it. And let me just go back to this uh, very scripture. God said, make the lampstand of pure gold, hammer it out, base shaft, its flower-like cups, and so on. 
Okay, six branches to, to extend from the sides of the lampstand, three on each side, uh, on one side and three on the other side. Now, what we must understand is that this uh, lampstand had to be put into what was called the holy place. Okay, the holy place was part, the bigger part of the of the tabernacle of God. There was one place called the most holy place, and it was covered by a curtain. And inside the most holy place, there was the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant re represents the presence of God. And then there was the, the holy place, and then outside was the outer court where sacrifices were brought, where cleansing had to take place, and so on. Now, that tabernacle was also called the tent of meeting. Okay, today we have come to this house of meeting. You know, this is not the church. We are the church. The people inside are the church. But this is a tent, you know, in which we meet. Okay? And in the same way, the tabernacle in the Old Testament was that tent of meeting. So in other words, men came in order to meet with God. Because we are not to be separated from our creator. We are meant to be with our creator forever and ever. That is the purpose. Okay? As long as that has not yet happened, we are missing our mark. You see, when God created the heavens and the earth, the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 1 how God created each and every day something unique and specific. And then on the seventh day, God rested. Okay, God had finished everything in six days, including man. And then man who was in relationship with God was the purpose of his creation. And so God was able to rest in the knowledge that God and man were able to relate to each other. Okay? But then, of course, as life began to unfold in uh, in. Um, uh, on this earth, as mankind began to, uh, to get uh, through the tests of life, man failed. And that's how we got separated. But the purpose of God is still to bring us back to himself. It's still to unite us back to himself, to make us one family. That's what we are created for. We are not created to be separated from God. And being separated from God, that is what is called eternal condemnation. Okay? You know, if you have no light in eternity, if you have got no, uh, no grace and no truth in eternity, that is what we can call hell. You don't even need to be very uh, elaborate in describing how, how bad you are suffering in hell. You know, but, but just the absence of the nature of God, the absence of the goodness of God, the absence of the grace of God, that is hell. Okay? And so God is busy to bring mankind back to himself and build his family, make us into one body, okay, the body of Jesus Christ. And of course, in that body, only those can be part who are cleansed by the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, and going into the tabernacle or in the tent of meeting, as it was called, was not possible 
unless, first of all, outside the court there was a sacrifice that was killed and blood was shed. And then, you know, the, 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 uh, the priests had to go to the brazen lava and had to cleanse themselves. And only then they would be able to go into the tent of meeting and meeting with the living God. And that is a foreshadowing of what is happening today in the church. You know, thank God we don't have to bring any animal here to sacrifice. We don't have to bring a lamb or a heifer or whatever, uh, not even a bird, not even a dove, uh, in order to, uh, to, to, to bring them on the altar because we have the best sacrifices of all, and that is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus was sacrificed for all of us. In fact, he humbled himself in the he gave himself as a sacrifice for our sin. And because he did that, we now can be able to go straight to the brazen lever, the cleansing place. And of course, that is still necessary, you know, because when you are saved by the grace of God, you still have to now make this reality in your life. Okay, if you have been lying before, and Jesus has died for you. He has forgiven you all your lies or whatever you have been doing. But then now, no, don't lie anymore. Okay? So you have to cleanse yourself from that habit of lying. You have to cleanse yourself from that uh, old way of living. And then you can enter into the tent of meeting. That means you can be able to meet with God. Now, in the Old Testament, we are told that only priests could go into the tent of meeting. All right? Which would mean that ordinary human being like us could not be in that place. But thank God, God did not only cleanse us from our sin. He did not only become the sacrifice at the cross of Calvary when he shed his blood for all the things that have gone wrong in our life, but he also made us priests of God. Okay, that means now, because we are priests of God, we can be able to come into the presence of God. And one more thing, you know, the priests could not enter into the most holy place. That was reserved only to the high priests, and even he could only enter into the most holy place once in a year. So in other words, they could go into the, 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 the tabernacle, into the tent of meeting, where this... Uh, menorah was, where the table of shoe bread was, you know, where bread was displayed, and that bread, you know, is this, the, depicting the nature of, of, of Christ as well. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. Amen? And, of course, all these are giving us a very powerful background of, of us to live in a in the presence of God. But now, let us also understand that this time we are not in the Old Testament tabernacle. We are now in the New Testament reality of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when Jesus died at the cross of Calvary, not only did he forgive our sins, not only did he cover all our past, but he equally opened up our future. Okay? The Bible tells us that the curtain that separated the holy and the most holy, the tent of, the, of meeting where the, the lampstand was, where the table was, where, you know, the, 
the altar of incense was, which uh, denotes our worship and our uh, prayers. Uh, God removed that tent or that, that curtain. And, you know, the Bible is very, uh, very clear about that, that when Jesus Christ died at the cross, that God cut the, 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 the curtain. And I say God because I believe it was God, because it was cut from top to bottom. And now this thing was about nine meters high, okay? Now, if you imagine we have a curtain starting from top there, how do I go up there and start cutting it from top to bottom? I would have to find a scaffold first, and there was nobody who had a scaffold. It was impossible for anybody who would ever enter into the temple of uh, God at that particular time to ever go and, and cut the, the curtain because that was sacred. You know, doing that would mean secure death, okay? You would, you would speak your own death sentence. Even entering through that curtain or even tempering with this curtain, it would mean death. And yes, it meant death even for Jesus Christ to cut that curtain. You understand that? Jesus died at the cross and because he died, he could cut that curtain because now he is the sacrifice once and for all. Praise God. And now, the light of God is able to shine even behind the curtain. Because, you know, before, before it, was, it was illuminating the tent of meeting only during, uh, within the holy place, but not in the most holy place. That was a place which remained in darkness, in mystery. People couldn't get there. As I said, it was only allowed for the, whole, the high priest to come there once in a year. But you know, Jesus became our high priest and he opened, opened up the door for us so that we can be able to have fellowship with the living God forever and ever. And now let's understand this. You see, the light that God put there, that is the light of the Spirit, the seven spirits of God, gave illumination, first of all, to meet with God, okay, to, to be able to minister to God, to be able to worship God, amen? Because, you know, when there's a barrier uh, between you and God, you can't even worship him. You see, this is one thing that we need to understand. When you have no fellowship with God and you worship something, then you worship something that you don't know, Okay? And this is what, what uh, Jesus was uh, saying to the, to the uh, woman in Samaria who was talking about her, her father Jacob and, and so on. And uh, she, she said, no, we are worshiping like, like, like this. And Jesus said, you must worship in spirit and in truth. So in other words, you must worship in the illumination of the Holy Spirit that gives you light from different perspectives, different shinings. Only then can you be able to have fellowship with the living God. Only then have you been able to come into ministry of the living God. You know, ministry without the illumination of the Holy Spirit is dead. And we see that so many people today, they are calling themselves ministers of God. They call themselves by all kinds of titles. But if the Holy Spirit is not there, if the shining of God is not there, then the result will be disaster. We need the illumination of the Spirit of God. Let, 
me take you to the scripture in the book of Revelation chapter 4. Chapter 4 verse 2. Again, you know, we hear uh, a lot of insight from John who was taken through these experiences. And he says, at once I was in the spirit. And I think, let me just uh, pause here for a moment. You know, being in the spirit is very important to understand what follows thereafter. If we do and try to understand this, but it's our natural mind, we will fail. We must be in the spirit, okay? It's very important that we ask God to really give us a way of spiritual understanding so that we can catch what God is saying. So John says, I was, I, at once I was in the spirit. Okay, verse 1 says that a voice came and says, come up here. And uh, he was in the spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And, on this, and the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and carnelian, a rainbow resembling an emerald encircled the throne. You know, we are the land of emeralds. If you have never seen one, one day you will see one. Better than anything that is resembling the emeralds here on earth. Okay, so at once, and the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and carnelian, a rainbow resembling an emerald encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones. And seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came, but f came flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. Before the throne, seven lambs were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Amazing, isn't it? Here we are again. Okay, what is explained by Isaiah, that the spirit would come upon the Messiah in a sevenfold way, we see it now here again in the throne room of God, and we see the seven different, you know, shinings, I would call it, that are in the throne room of God. Okay? First of all, let us understand what it says here. Okay, there, there were things that we fully do not understand. From the throne came flashes of lightning. Okay, lightning sometimes can be very frightening, isn't it? I mean, if you are out in the open and there is lightning and uh, heavy rain, you, you are not very comfortable, I'm sure, you know? And so when you come into the presence of God, you find something that may make you very uncomfortable. There is a lot of lightning. What, what you can see is, you know, in God there is an amazing energy. You know, I, I've read the, uh, um, a documentary at uh, some time, you know, that one flash of lightning could actually power, uh, I don't know, cities or cities from the energy of that power could actually uh, lit up the... The, the, the whole city of Lusaka and many other cities at the same time for a year or more years. Because the energy which is in one flash of lightning is so powerful, so compact. 
It's amazing. Okay? Don't quote me on the, on the exact uh, specifics, but it's amazing. Okay? And so what we see here is that before the throne, you know, from the throne there were flashes of lightning, rumblings and peals of thunder. So in other words, there is an energy in God that we cannot fully comprehend, that we cannot fully understand. It's beyond our, our natural mind. You know, we are too limited to fully understand what is uh, happening in God. And then it says, before the throne. Now that's a very important uh, terminology, before the throne. Seven lambs were blazing. They were not just lighting, they were blazing. Okay, you know the, the word blazing means it's a, it's, a, it's a light come forth with power. Okay, so in other words, before the throne of God, you know, illuminating the throne of God, illuminating uh, even the nature of, 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 of the Father, the Son, you know, was, were these seven different blazing lights. And the Bible tells us these are the seven spirits of God. Now, this is in line with what Jesus said later on, you know. Later on in John chapter 16, verse 13, the Bible says, But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own, but he will speak of what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. You see, the Spirit of God brings glory to the Lord. Okay? The Spirit is illuminating the nature of Christ. The Spirit of God receives from Christ the very word that he has spoken and he brings it back to us in an amazing you know, uh, magnification so that it will really serves us in a powerful way. Okay? So, the there's, there's seven blazing lamps were in front of uh, the throne of God and it was the Spirit of God. Okay? So, God is before the throne of God. I mean, the Holy Spirit is before the throne of God in this manifold lighting. Okay? Look at the menorah here. There are seven lights. Even so, one candle is a bit bent, so you may not see two lights. We may see one, but there are still seven. <laughs> okay? And yet, they are one. So the Holy Spirit is not seven, he's one. And yet, you know, there are seven different types of shining, seven different types of illumination that God brings. And again, seven does not mean it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and then finished. Seven means fullness, you understand? So it could be even 7,000. It could even be 700,000. It could even be 7 million. Okay? What God is trying to denote is just there is a manifold different, uh, you know, uh, uh, shining of a different type in God. And uh, God wants to make it clear to us that light is not limited. Okay? Do you know that light is very, very powerful? Do you know that even we human beings have discovered the power of light? You know, my, my son Oliver uh, is working in a company who is uh, the world leader of laser technology. 
Now, laser means they're working with light, okay? And uh, the laser technology, you know, is able to do amazing things. They make, they make machines which can do all kinds of things, and no hand is involved. Everything is done with light, okay? So they have material which is cut, you know, maybe they're even cutting out certain shapes. You know, sometimes you have seen, you know, uh, when you buy uh, the old computer cases, maybe they've got a lot of holes somewhere there. And you can't, how do you cut them, you know? They are cut with laser light, okay? So the laser is so small, you know, so accurate that you program the laser uh, in such a way that it cuts out certain holes in the, in the, the thing that you're making so that it becomes exactly that kind of piece that you're requiring. Laser can bend material. In fact, uh, many of the things that we are buying today, we are not realizing that these things were not made by a hammer and uh, uh, some other kind of uh, you know, uh, tools, but they were made with light. Energy of light is amazing. So recently, this company was approached by a bigger company who are making, who are making um, 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 chips for the computers. And you know, the computers, uh, the computer chips, they are they're requiring power, okay? And so the, the engineers were trying to find ways that less power could be consumed because less power means less heat. And also, they were trying to find ways to reduce uh, the, 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 you know, the kind of transistors to a size which can make the speed faster. And so they came to, uh, you know, I don't know where they started. Maybe they started with some, uh, some uh, there was, the time I remember they had about five, 45 nanometers. And then now they reduced it to 35, they reduced it to 25, they reduced it now to 10 nanometers. Uh, you know, it's so small, you cannot even fully see the difference when you look at it. And the latest now is five nano. Okay, uh, is it called nanometers or whatever? I'm, I'm not an expert, you know. But anyway, so the, the computer company realized that they needed to reduce it further so that, you know, in future, you don't need a fan in your computer because it doesn't produce so much heat. And the computers become faster and faster. And so today, if you have an iPhone, the later iPhones, maybe iPhone 9, 10, or whatever it was, 10, 11, 12, those have got chips inside with a five nanometer technology. So it's so small, so tiny, that actually it's very difficult to make. And it's made with light. Okay, it's not possible to make it in another way. So, you know, the engineers, they wanted to reduce it from 10 to five. And uh, certain companies could not do that. That's why Apple, you know, decided to make their own chips because where they bought their, their chips before, they could not uh, cope with the, with the reduction of the, of the chips. I'm telling you this just to let you understand the power of light, okay? There are different types of life. light. You know, laser light is still light, but it's a different light of shining. 
isn't it? This light is different light of shining. You know, light has power and energy. And you know, when, when, when God began creation, he said, let there be light. Amen. So light is amazing. And so anyway, they, they, they brought out this technology that they were, they're now able to bring out a five nanometer technology, and now the chips are on the market. In fact, Apple recently introduced new computers with the five nanometer technology, okay? And those computers, those laptops, they become ever smaller, they don't need a fan anymore, okay? Sometimes it's very annoying when you're trying to think and type something, you know, like in my case, when I, when I uh, prepare myself, I, I, I have to think. Have to prepare, and then the fan comes on, and it's so annoying, you know. So I've been always waiting for a computer which doesn't make any noise anymore, and now it's there. They have now produced a computer which has got no fan inside, so no fan, no noise, like the iPhones or the iPads. They have no fans, okay, because they are not getting hot anymore because they are using a very, very, very small chip that is made with laser light because there is no other way to make it. So light is powerful. Let me quickly go to Revelation chapter 5, verse 6. The Bible reads here, Then I saw a lamb looking, or oh, let me read from verse 5, you know, uh, the one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See the lion of Judah, the tribe of the lion, the, the, the lion, the tribe of Judah, of the light tribe of Judah, the root of David has triumphed and is able to open the scroll and the seven seals. Then I saw a lamb. Okay, the elder said, don't worry, the, the lion of the tribe of Judah has overcome. Okay? And then when, when, he, when John was looking to see the lion, he saw a lamb. You know, we know that the, a lion is a ferocious wild animal, isn't it? It lives by devouring uh, other, other prey. But that's not how Jesus overcame. He, be, he overcame as the lamb of God. And so the Bible tells us very clearly, then I saw a lamb looking as it had been slain, standing in the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out to all the earth. Hey, now most of the time when you are reading about seven horns, you know, many of you have read in the book of Revelation, you know, there are these beasts with horns. But you know, the devil is only just trying to copy what God does, okay? When uh, the Bible tells us that uh, one spirit is getting seven others to enter into a place which is not occupied by the Holy Spirit, then it just tells you that this devil is just trying to uh, make, copy that which God has been doing, okay? So there are seven horns and seven eyes. And... This, the, the, the explanation is that, you know, he sends this spirit, the seven spirits of God, out in the earth. And he came and took the scroll from the, 20, from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Uh, let me leave it there. So, in other words, the spirit of God is sent to serve people on the earth. 
That's an amazing thing. You see, God shows us that the Holy Spirit is in the presence of God, but at the same time also sent to the earth because God is not limited to location like we are. Okay, the Spirit is able to be everywhere at any time. And so the Spirit is in this world to serve the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the Spirit is before the throne of God, but he is sent to serve the ecclesia, the church of Jesus Christ. The, the, the ones called out of darkness into his wonderful light. So he's doing the work of God on all the earth. Nothing that happens on earth can happen without the permission of God. Amen? Nothing that happens can happen without the permission of God. I mean, yes, there are a lot of evil things happening in the world, but even that, God has the last say. I mean, God is not always stopping evil things to, start, to stop immediately. He waits and gives people a chance to repent because if he would immediately uh, judge, then, you know, nobody would have a chance of repentance. You know, when, when we came into this world and we sinned, God didn't judge us immediately, but he gave us a chance to repent and come into the, into the light of God, become part of the body of Christ. So the Spirit of God is sent into this earth to do the will of our God. So whatever happens, it is happening because God has sent the Spirit to enforce whatever God does. John himself, uh, Jesus himself said in John chapter 14, verse 26, but when the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will, he will teach you all things. And he will remind you of everything I've said to you. So in other words, Jesus has sent the Holy Spirit to be our counselor, okay? The seven eyes, you know, God gives us eyes to see that we can otherwise not see. God gives us horns, okay? Horns are the, the, the symbol of strength. And God gives us the power to do things that we otherwise cannot be able to do. So, you know, when you look at all these different uh, names for this, the seven lights of God, the spirit of knowledge, and God gives us knowledge, the spirit of counsel, God counsels us, you know. He gives us wisdom. Now, you may say these are similar things, yes, but they are having a different shining. You know, they have a different type of illumination. There's a spirit of understanding. So God can make us understand what otherwise, humanly speaking, we cannot understand. And I hope today we were able to understand one or two things from Scripture that we may not have understood before. And I believe it is only the Holy Spirit who will give us the capacity to capture, uh, to catch, to understand through his own power what he has put before us today. He gives us the spirit of strength or the, the spirit of power, you know, or as uh, described in this scripture in Revelation, the seven horns, okay? Gives us a, 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 a picture of strength, of ability. You know, when you see animals who have got horns, uh, uh, locking on horns, you know, they fight uh, to mate uh, for, for uh, the female they are looking for, 
and they're looking on horns. Now, God has given us horns to fight the powers of evil, the powers of darkness. You know, the Bible tells us that our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities of the air. And God has given us the ability to lock horns, not natural horns, not, not, not horns like you see on cows, but uh, lock horns with the powers of darkness and bring down those powers of darkness through the power of the Holy Spirit. Not with a ferocious power like the lions do, but with the power of a lamb, you know, that gives itself up, that is able to be willing to sacrifice. That's how, that's how Jesus gave us an example in our own life. And so he gives us the spirit of the fear of the Lord, okay? And we should never forget that. You know, there should be deep respect between us human beings and our God. You know, that respect has often gone missing today. Like in the contemporary church, and I'm not saying ecclesia, I'm saying church, you know, the contemporary church today is not necessarily the ecclesia, the people who are called out of darkness into his wonderful light. Very often the way people are treating God is showing a lack of respect. You know, we are using God to, to reach our own means. We want to get rich, we want to get influential, we want to get powerful, and we are trying to use God for that. You see, there is a spirit of the fear of God. And God is not in contradiction with himself. You know, the spirit of God is not in contradiction with himself. You know, the spirit of knowledge, counsel, wisdom, understanding, strength, the fear of the Lord, and the spirit of God, you know, the spirit of Yahweh, is not in contradiction with himself. Everything is complementing, you know. Every spirit, you know, the seven different shinings are complementing each other and bringing glory to the living God. So God gives us light so that we can do the work of God, that we can minister in the tent of meeting, okay, where we meet with God, that we find a way of worshiping God, okay? Interesting, the Bible never says that the Spirit of God is worshiping God because, in fact, the, the Spirit is God, okay? But we are led to worship God. And Jesus said, those who worship me will worship me in spirit and in truth. Amen? So in other words, because of the light that God has put into the tent of meeting, and you know, today we are here together. The light is not necessarily coming from a menorah. We don't keep a menorah here. In fact, I had to look for it before, before I could bring it. And thank God, mom knew where it is, so we were able to bring it. Okay, so we have brought this menorah here. But God lets his light shine through his Holy Spirit in a different way of shining, in a different way of illumination. And he serves us through that light. He leads us so that we worship our God, so that we give him honor and praise because he is worthy of all praise 
and of all honor. So, dear friends, brothers and sisters, God reveals the nature of uh, the Holy Spirit through seven, okay, seven. Okay, not that I'm saying this is uh, now limiting to seven. Seven is the number of fullness, fullness. Okay, and God wants to show us that in the one Holy Spirit, there are so many different ways of illumination, so many shinings that give us light on our way, that give us understanding, that give us wisdom, that give us the fear of the Lord. You know, all of these is exemplified, is uh, brought out through the number seven. Remember, in seven days, or in six days, God created the earth, and on the seventh day, God rested. And when God shows us the nature of the Holy Spirit is seven, actually, the Holy Spirit is always at rest, okay? is always in fullness. And we need to just link up with the Holy Spirit so that we can come to rest, so that we can also experience the fullness in God. So that everything that we require, we can find in the Spirit of God. We are no longer outcasts. We are no longer separated from the living God. Okay? God has sent his son, Jesus Christ, to be our sacrifice. And because of this sacrifice, we can enter into the temple of the living God. Okay? We can be able to appear before God. And through the waters, the brazen waters that were on the side of the altar, you know, the cleansing which is taking place, the Holy Spirit is doing that work in our, in our lives. We have talked about the water that also is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. You know, God is cleansing us. So as we are going into the tent of meeting, meeting man and God, okay, we human beings meeting our creator, meeting our God, we can be able to stand in the light of God. We can stand in the presence of the different shinings of the Holy Spirit. And that's how we can minister to God. That's how we can worship God. That's how we can be able to come into the most holy place of God because of the work that Jesus Christ has done on the cross. He cut the curtain so that there's no more hindrance for us to be united with our God. Kindly read those scriptures, especially those scriptures in the book of Revelation about the seven spirits of God, the seven dimensions of the book of uh, Isaiah that were prophesied over the life of Jesus, and allow God to speak to you. You know, allow God to give you a deeper insight, a deeper, deeper understanding about the nature of the Holy Spirit in our life. It is amazing how God works, okay? If you have light in one direction but not in another direction, remember that the Spirit of the Lord has got different shinings, okay? So just ask him to give you that light that surrounds you, just like the light is surrounding the throne of God, okay, like blazing fire. 
And may this fire of the Holy Spirit be reality in your life, in the life of this church, in all of our lives. This is my prayer. And may God give us deeper understanding through his own lights. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. It's a word that sometimes we may have difficulties to understand. It's a word that sometimes may put us before all kind of mental problems because we seem not to be fully able to understand it with our natural mind. And yet, Lord, you are going to give us word that is not speaking just to our natural mind, but that is speaking to our spirit, that is speaking to our heart, that you yourself have given to us, that you yourself have cleansed with your blood so that we can receive understanding. And so, Lord, I pray that you help each and every one to be in the spirit, just like John had to come into the spirit in order to understand, in order to be able to see, in order to experience that which you revealed to him. And Lord, I pray, may you help each and every one of us to be in the spirit. Lord, let us never judge the word of God from our limited mind. But Lord, I pray that we receive your word through the Spirit of God that you have given to us when we became children of the Most High God. And Lord, I thank you that you have given us an ability to discern the things that come from you. Not with our natural way of thinking, but Lord, with a deeper way of understanding through the Spirit of God. And Lord, I pray, may these seven dimensions in the Holy Spirit become reality in every one of us. Lord, may this spirit of the Lord, this spirit of knowledge, of counsel, of wisdom, of understanding, of power, and the fear of the Lord become a reality in every single one of your children. May it become a reality in this household of faith here at Go Center. Lord, that is my prayer. And may, give you, may you give us the ability, Lord, to receive that counsel from your spirit that is here to open these dimensions to us so that we can fully understand the nature of the spirit of God, the nature of our Father in heaven, and the nature of our Beloved Savior, Jesus Christ, to you be all the glory. Amen. Amen.